Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome everyone to Life on the Bubble. Mandy Katz, pleased to be joined by my co-host Seth Greenberg. We're going to look at the left side of your bracket. That's the south and the east. Uh, over the next few minutes here, let's start in the south. These games will be played in Louisville. Number one, Alabama, taking on number five, San Diego State. Then we have number 15, Princeton, taking on number six, Creighton. Um, this is, again, a, a case where if San Diego State can impose their will. You've taught me well, Seth. Impose their will. About then, time you paid attention. Yes. Then uh, they've got a really good shot. Although, San Diego State was able to score over 70 against Furman, so they can score. And that was even without Matt Bradley scoring really well. So that's a good sign for them. But it can comes they, down to can they impose their will on Alabama? So the question is, how do they do it? Yeah, well, I mean, be who they are. I mean, I have the teams that have given Alabama a hard time have been teams like San Diego State. I mean, you think about Tennessee, physical game. Uh, you think about Oklahoma, physical game. Uh, you know, even Connecticut, physical game. Uh, so, you know, how do you do that? How do you do that? You, know, you be who you are. Uh, this San Diego State, older, one of the oldest teams in the, in the tournament against a very young team, extremely physical, uh, don't get stretched out, don't take bad shots, don't turn it over, take care of the ball, don't take a bad shot, set your defense, keep the game in front, keep the ball on the outside of the court if you can because if it gets downhill in the middle, then you've got a choice to make. They've got to force Alabama to shoot twos. Force them to shoot twos, contested twos. Don't overhelp and give the dunker spot a chance to dunk it. Don't overhelp and give a kick out for a step in three. Guard your yard. That's basically what they got to do. Then offensively, they're going to pound that thing right down their throats, whether it's posting up Bradley, whether it's Parrish maybe making a jumper to open up the court, uh, whether it's Mensa getting to the offensive glass. Look, I have Alabama winning it all. This is not a great matchup for Alabama. I still have them winning this game. This thing is going to be 68-60 maybe. Uh, this is game is going to be really if San Diego State takes care of the ball and rebounds the ball, Alabama is going to have to make a play down the stretch and all the pressure is going to be on Alabama. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and, but I do think Matt Bradley is going to have to make shots. Um, he, he did the first game, did in the second. Um, hey, I saw Creighton. I was in Denver. Man, uh, first game, it was Ryan Kalkbrenner. He went for 30. Second game, uh, Ryan Emhard went for 30. Um, so two different ways of scoring. Both guys did not play last year in the second round and lost to Kansas because they both were injured. So they've got a new sense of you know purpose here of, of being in this tournament. Uh, played so well against Baylor, dominated them, going against a Princeton team that you, you know, in our previous pod, we're talking about how they, they're really good and no one should be shocked if they keep advancing. How do you see this one? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I look at Creighton. <clears throat> their starting five is as good as any in the country. I mean, you talk about Namor, you talk about Cockburner, but what about Alexander? What about Luma? What about, you know, when you look at this team, Baylor Scheinman knocking down threes, rebounding the ball. Uh we always love their spacing and how they play offensively, but they're better defensively. Cockburner's as good a as good a um, perimeter defender in terms of defending ball screens as anyone in the country. Yeah, and then Arthur Kaluma, I mean, like he's a big physical foreman that can step out and shoot the basketball. You look at that starting five, that starting five is hard to match up with. But again, like I said a second ago, 
Defensively, they've got versatility. Defensively, they can defend ball screens. Defensively, they limit you to one shot. Defensively, they have versatility. So in terms of being a complete team, Creighton is as complete a team as any in the country. They're playing against a Princeton team that is not old school Princeton. It's not, it's not Pete Carrill's Princeton. It's not chin action. Uh, it's more four out. Uh, a woman is a hard matchup because she handles the ball like a point guard. They play with great spacing. They pass the ball. They don't settle. Uh, they're tough. And late game, man, their late game stuff is really good. Their, their late game stuff is really, really, really good. Um, again, you know, it's a sweet 16. Nothing would surprise me. I've got Creighton winning this game, but I think this will be a heck of a basketball game. This game will be very appealing to the eyes. Yeah, so the one that thing before we go to the East, that's, <clears throat> as I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing is there really are three different ways of these three different teams that could beat Alabama. They may, they may not, but you've got defensive team in San Diego State. You got an offensive team in Creighton that can run with Alabama and score and 80, 90, 100 points if they need to. And then a Princeton team that, whether it's old, new, whatever, uh, they're not easy to play. So there's definitely three different ways of these teams that could cause Alabama, the top seed in this region, a problem, uh, depending on who they face, if they face one of the other two. Look, all these teams won games. If you can beat Arizona, you can beat you can beat Alabama. Now, Alabama has maybe has to help you. Like Alabama has to have a day they don't shoot it. Alabama has has to have a day maybe that that the ball gets stuck a little bit. Uh, maybe Alabama has a situation where um, they uh, the pressure of everything that's gone on during the course of the end of the season catches up with them. But I do like I. There are teams that can win th th this matchup. All right, so they're clearly the favorite in the South. <clears throat> top seed, that's natural. In the East, at Madison Square Garden, uh, Purdue out, top seed out. Uh, two seed Marquette, which just won on that floor two weeks ago, they are out. So what do we have? We have still, I think, very intriguing matchups. We've got Florida Atlantic, which most of the country has never heard of, doesn't know anything about. Dusty May's done a great job out of Conference USA. They're the nine going against the Five, excuse me, the four Tennessee and Rick Barnes, who's been to a Final Four at Texas. Then you've got Tom Izzo, number seven, Michigan State, Spartan Strong, going against a three seed in K-State, coached by Jerome Tang, who may win the Naismith Coach of the Year. Did an unbelievable job, unbelievable storyline there with Keontae Johnson, who wasn't even supposed to ever play basketball again, you know, with what happened when he collapsed at Florida. A couple years later, here he is in the Sweet 16. Marquise Noel, unbelievable point guard, uh, getting in the lane. So we got good matchups. Tennessee, FAU, K-State, Michigan State. Um, how do you see these two? Yeah, I think, again, you know, I think Tennessee's got a tough matchup. I think because what, what's the one way not to play against Tennessee's half-court defense? Play ahead of it. And FAU's going to play ahead of it. And they're going to play with great speed and great flow. Now, they can get a stop and they can rebound a basketball. The speed in which they convert from offense to defense, the spacing in which they play with, uh, playing on one post player, basically four guards. So one of those bigs is going to have to guard on the floor or Rick Barnes is going to have to play Josiah James at, at, at the four. 
if he doesn't make that adjustment, say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be physical, we're gonna use our size, we're gonna dominate this game on the glass, we're gonna do all those things, then you know what? FAU's got a shot because one thing FAU does, their ability to convert offense to defense, and Davis, man, whoo, is that guy a tough matchup? That guy just scores. He scores. You talk about three level scorers. I mean, defensive rebound, he pushes it. You hit ahead, he attacks. Gets in the mid post, a little fade. Uh, the Mark kid can, can score it. I mean, they've got floor ma- uh, shot makers and floor gamers all over the court. Uh, they come at you with great depth. Uh, they will pressure and try to push you out. So try to exploit the lack of a true point guard. Um, I think it's going to be, I think, again, the FAU, if you want the ultimate upset, I can see the FAU pulling off this upset. Well, they didn't win 33, 33 games and not be a pretty good basketball team. I don't care what league you're in. You win 33 games, you're pretty good. Um, now, the, love, the one on the bottom. The one on yeah, the bottom. Tyson Walker and Marquise Noel. If both these guys play to their potential, that is going to be a great match. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to always guard each other because Hogard obviously is going to be in there a lot. Um, but just Hogard, terms, Hogard's going to guard Noel. They're going to guard Noel with a bigger defender. No, but I'm saying in terms of those two guys' ability to score the basketball, um, Noel and Walker. I think they could be tit for tat and you know each time down hitting a big shot. Yeah, look, look Noel. This is going to come down to ball screen defense for both teams. It's going to come down to ball screen defense for for Michigan State. You know they're going to have to corral Noel coming off that ball screen. You can't let him turn the corner because you turn the corner, he's throwing it for a dunk, or he's kicking out for a three. You've got it, or he's getting the line, getting, or he's getting hammered and getting to the line. Yeah, well, and and the other thing is you, your point of pickup on Noel's got to be up the floor. You know, so you go under or you get caught up in that screen, he's going to lift up and he's going to knock down three. Calvin Johnson made a big three. He was a non-factor. A lot of that had to do with Jacob Toppin in the last game. <clears throat> when Johnson plays four, that that's a tough matchup for Joey Hauser. That's going to be a tough matchup for Joey Hauser. They might even cross-match in that matchup and have Aikens defend Johnson, where then they all of a sudden run him off that little loop curl for lobs or post-ups. On the other end, you know, K-State. K-State has – they defend well on the perimeter, right? Their ball screen defense. Casey Wallace got downhill, got to the rim, had the ability to finish. That's A.J. Hogarth. All right? That's A.J. Hogarth. So, like, where's the other matchup going to be right, in terms of Tyson Walker? Because Hogarth, on any given night, can turn the corner, get to the rim, and make a play and score. So, I mean, ball screen defense is going to be important. Defensive transition is going to be important. Michigan State's transition game, if they get stops, boom, they're up the floor to play ahead of defense. Make or miss, they're scoring it. Uh, and then I think the bigs of Michigan State are a little underappreciated. But ne- really neither, correct me if I'm wrong here, neither team has a true, like, pounded into the post. They're guys that are screeners, rim protectors, lob offensive rebounders. Yeah. So, I mean, well, 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 the, the, Quantum, the Quantum one's not that way, but he does it the other way. He does it by playing in the dunker spot, running the floor, handling the ball, making your bigs guard on the perimeter. You know, Masood does it by stepping out and knocking down, you know, hash mark threes. So, both of these games are going to be big, big time games. Yeah, and I would say this: in the East, I literally could see any of the four like winning here. I mean, you're going to maybe do a favorite on seeding with either K State or Tennessee, but I wouldn't be shocked if any one of these four is in Houston. I agree with you, and I think that uh, 
this will be uh, just a fascinating watch. At the Garden. All right, so that's our breakdown of the south and east, that left side of the bracket. In our next pod, we're going to look at the right side, the Midwest and the West.